This is Dr. Daniel Van Ingen with this week's parenting podcast, People Change, Part 3. What am I going to leave on the plane this Sunday? Look, people change. I ate ice cream every night on 9,125 consecutive nights. It's 25 years of eating ice cream every day. Look, my, um, my kids used to call me Fat Daddy. And, you know, my apologies for any of those, for if that's offended anybody. But the truth is, I was overweight and un- very unhealthy. And at one point, several years ago, I ate an entire pie. I have a video of my daughter, a very embarrassing video uh, that I posted on social media of my daughter explaining how daddy didn't share a piece of the candy cane pie. He ate the entire pie a candy cane pie from Village Inn. Look, I had a lot of bad habits. I had a lot of problems. But zero ice cream in 20 months. I went years without exercising. Um, Years. I've now worked out every day for 560 consecutive days and many days getting up at 4.30 in the morning. And what I've learned is... um, Growing in good habits is the goal, but to make change, sometimes you have to make a radical change. I recently had a run of seven days in a row of two a days, two workouts per day, biking, lifting, lunging, flexibility. Um, And, you know, it's about change. Three years ago, I, I had a herniated disc, L5S1, tears flowed. I, I recall um, driving my kids to a soccer game, I recall limping across the field in tears. That's how bad it was. I could not get in a comfortable state. At one point, it was 2 a.m., and I was having a panic attack because I was concerned about um, I was concerned about not being able to fall back asleep, and. Um, my anxiety was high about the pain. Look, I had I experienced physical therapy. I received great support from Dr. Andrew Moulton. Um, and the point is, I changed. And, and recently, I recently squatted 245 pounds. I recently deadlifted over 200 pounds. Um, I'm no fitness guru, but the point is, I changed. And uh, there's a lot of thanks to go around, to God, to professionals. Um, you know, but we can change it. We can become healthier. I had a significant fear of heights. The kid, my kids knew I was frightened of roller coasters. My own mother knows that as a kid, I was afraid to walk over from the car and look down when driving in the mountains. I spent four months visualizing last year going skydiving as a radical way to conquer my fear. Now, I'm going this Sunday with three other men who are overcoming their fear of heights. One of them, if he pulls it off, may have the greatest testimony of overcoming that I've ever seen. And I recently started a skydiving therapy and resilience group. Uh, We have four sessions, two sessions to start, then we skydive, then a celebration dinner. It's a nice uh, joy that I've added to my work life. And um, and the bottom line is, look, people change. You know, what am I going to leave 
on the plane this Sunday. So in reading a section from my new book, The 40-Day Devotional for Parents, um, I talk about uh, some of the challenges, some of the hard lessons that I learned in my psychology practice. Um, I estimated that I heard over 1,000 trauma stories, very difficult, uh, extreme examples stories of injured, molested, raped, and killed children with parents watching, Um, horrendous stories. And I learned some very hard lessons as I absorbed all of these stories but didn't properly dispose of them emotionally. And I'm reading here out of uh, my introduction section. Every day I return to the lion's den of deep and hidden vulnerability. Each day I return to those windows of vulnerability to hear the worst of human suffering. I constantly told myself, I'm trained. I can handle it. The idea of burnout was always for someone else. I pridefully believed that I was psychological superman. The truth is I wasn't a psychological superman. Every day I gradually stuffed the deep, deeply painful stories and compartmentalized the horror of detailed accounts of trucks running over children and and other horrific traumas. To be frank, I gradually stuffed these stories down over and over, and it took me a long time to realize that I developed a three-step sequence to hearing evil, stuff down, overanalyze, and compartmentalize. And I learned the hard way that abandoning and neglecting a life of emotional health. And no matter what, I learned that no matter what I do professionally, and no matter what happens, I'm ultimately responsible for my emotional health. Uh, And I learned the hard way by abandoning and neglecting my life of emotional health. I had limited physical activity. I fed the carb and sugar cravings. I submitted to phone addiction and I had active isolation. All of these are a recipe for emotional disaster. So what am I going to leave on the plane this Sunday? I'm leaving my history of psychological burnout. But this podcast isn't just about me. I'm getting in regular conversations with people who are changing. Again, on Sunday morning, I'm bringing three guys skydiving, and they are overcoming stuff in their life. Some of that stuff that they are, they're going to leave. Uh, they're going to leave that stuff up on the plane. They are incredible testimonies on change. This week, I was talking to a gentleman who has already lost 15 pounds after two and a half weeks with about 110 more to go. His mindset is focused. He is changing. I talked to a woman who left her job after being in a comfort zone for many years. She initially had some doubts about a change. Now she is thrilled with her decision and is thriving. I talked to a gentleman this week who finished up counseling after seven months. He shared that it worked when you get to a place and you don't need it. He used to avoid conflict like the plague. His, his wife would approach conversations very aggressively. In the past, nearly every time he backed off easily. She found him to be insecure and repeatedly make this comment to him. He learned to engage with her without backing up and avoiding 
He didn't get aggressive. He began to assert himself with reflective listening. He read books I recommended. Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. Men Who Love Fierce Women by Leroy and Kimberly Wagner. How to Love Your Wife by John Burry. The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by John Gottman. And we process the differences in communication styles from passive communicators to aggressive communicators to assertive communicators. And we talked about how assertive communication is not being angry, you know, like the aggressive communicators, but assertive communication involves active listening, good eye contact, openness, not interrupting, engaging with your thoughts, being confident. So what happened? His wife didn't say he was insecure anymore. He said that stopped many months ago. He routinely engaged in conflict and conversation respectfully, patiently, and diligently, even if he felt uncomfortable and had some anxiety. Soon it became easier. Look, people change. And what is one of the, what is one of the keys to people changing? It's changing outward affirmation to self-affirmation. Look, if one is always looking for outward affirmation, they will never they will never feel satisfied. Look, tolerance happens when a person no longer responds to a drug in the way they did at first. So it takes a higher dose of the drug to achieve the same effect as when the person first used it. This is why substance use disorders, whether it's cocaine, uh, this is why they need more and more of the drug to get the high that they seek. So I've seen this with cocaine. I've seen it with heroin and other opiates. I've seen it with gambling. I've seen it with pornography. Individuals need more and more of the substance to achieve the same effect. It is called gradual basal ganglia dysfunction. More and more of a substance is required. More and more porn is required. More and more of whatever it is to produce the amount of dopamine in the basal ganglia to produce the level of pleasure a person had before. Another way to think about it is this. Yesterday's stimulus doesn't produce the same amount of dopamine or experienced pleasure today. More stimulus is needed for today. In the same way, when a person seeks outward affirmation, there is never enough outward affirmation. More outward affirmation is needed to produce the same effect. So due to insecurity, a person gets themselves in a reinforcement pattern of consistently seeking outward affirmation. Over time, they consistently seek more and more outward affirmation. What is the answer? The answer is self-affirmation. Self-affirmation is the answer to outward affirmation. Do you seek awards, praise, external feedback, the praise of men, the praise of women? Do you consistently seek positive comments about your physical appearance? Self-affirmation is the, is the answer to outward affirmation. It's knowing yourself. It's being secure with yourself. It's being comfortable with yourself. It's being comfortable and confident when you're alone and with yourself. It's affirming yourself. I am important. I am significant. I am lovable. I am grounded. I am enough. I am worthy. Your worthiness is enough. 
you are worthy. Your self-affirmation is a reminder that you are worthy on your own without external feedback. What is the point in all of this when it comes to change? Well, change doesn't last if you change for somebody else. I've had many people recently tell me about their spouse. He or she doesn't change. Um, I say, no, people change. I see it all the time. People change. But he has to change for himself. You can't change him. If he changes for you, he may resent you. He may not have long-lasting change. And you can't change him. All you can change is yourself. By the way, you need to change yourself. Every relationship has two people, and both need to change. What do we know about social psychology and change? Change lasts when there is intrinsic motivation. If the emphasis is on extrinsic motivation, change may not last. Look, here's the bottom line, people. People change. This is Dr. Daniel Van Ingen with this week's Parenting Podcast. (laughs) 